You do not have to follow every idea, but if you if you are familiar with your ideas, then you can deal with the feeling. This is where where courage comes uh, into the equation again. You know, um, you, you just need to be more courageous. You need to start the journey. And that is what takes a lot of effort to, to get it going, to get the impulse. In order to be happy, you need to be free. And in order to be free, you need to have courage. There's so much about leaving the safe place that is worthwhile. You yeah, know, but we should, <laughs> I just interrupt because yeah. We should we should really talk about that because I feel like yeah. it's so hard to do. Uh, do you remember the feelings you had when you were deciding to leave? Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning. Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror. I find one, oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off when I fall down alone. Here we are. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Tim. Um, man, we had this conversation the other day where me and you had a quick phone call. And I remember saying to you about 40 minutes into the chat, we should stop because we were talking about so much good stuff. I think we should try and recap a little bit, Tim, on some of the themes that we talked about because we were talking about uh, themes that that you talk about when you have a lot of trust in the conversation and there seems to be not so much trust or time in our current world we are saying to everybody we need facts and evidence but there's some feeling missing that I felt that you and I were trying to talk about so I guess before we get into that Tim would you just give us a little bio of you know I guess the professional side of you because you've worked hard to have a good profession and then maybe we can dig a little bit deeper after that yeah yeah I'm happy to to do that um, I, I, or to try to do that please um, well I studied medicine and uh, became a surgeon I worked in a hospital for like 14 years, something like that. And then um, I did apply for the position as um, overwintering doctor in Antarctica for the German Polar Institute. Uh, I got the job. I went to Antarctica, stayed there for 14 months. Um, after returning to Germany, I became the Polar Institute's medical coordinator and I do take care of the overwintering team. And in addition to that, I'm also expedition leader in Antarctica. And ever since then, I consider myself being a very happy camper. <laughs> Put it like that. You know, what's so interesting is that little bio is exactly what the world wants from us put it down into a very short, a very um, compact uh, sentence. And I guess, Tim, where it's interesting to go towards is you kind of succeeded in, well, not the German dream, but the worldwide dream. Surgeon, this is um, still to this day a very highly acclaimed job. 
But where we talked about, which maybe some of your colleagues, um, it's not that they don't want to, maybe they don't have the way to articulate, is you, w you were wanting more. What is that, Tim? What is that, I want more, I want more meaning in life? I mean, what was a typical day like as a surgeon? Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a lot of questions uh, in one, and um, <laughs> try to remember them all during my answer. Like a typical day um, is is a lot of troubleshooting mm. and a lot of um, juggling with uh, um, hot potatoes, as we say in Germany. I don't know if that's an English saying as well. It is. So, um, the, unfortunately, at least in my experience, uh, medicine became. Um, kind of also an economic product, which is a thing that I believe is a real pity. To a certain extent, I do understand how that is necessary because there's only so much money and you can't take more money from people because at the end you need to, to, to still have something to live. Um, on the other side, if you are in the position where you need to to make money with with your product, mm -hmm. um, which it should never be treating patients a product, then then you're in a real bad position. So a typical day will be working long hours with a lot of stress and um, and being like happy on the one hand side because you do something you really like in terms of helping people in terms of performing a very beautiful profession and it's way more than a job it, it needs to be a profession it, it can't be a job treating people um, and it gives it does give you a good feeling um, <laughs> to be able to, to do something like that and to have the trust of the people that allow you to do something like that and on the other hand um, it totally like gets on your nerves that you cannot take all the time you want to take and that you would actually need um, to, to be able to treat everybody um, as they should be treated. Just because it's not enough personnel in, in, in the hospital world. Yes. And that was something that I yeah didn't like about the job. Mm, mm. And then you ask. I, I forgot half of the question. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Because I did. Yeah. I bombard you with my thoughts as yeah. I talk. But that's okay because that's part of this where we're trying to kind of figure out. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about when you're talking is, okay, lots of people can agree it's a very logical thing you're saying, doing a job that's important, but it's part of a business. It's part of a structure. It's part of yeah. a scale, and. I kind of am interested to know if everyone goes down that path in the matrix, for example, what mm -hmm. makes you see something, see a different direction? So many of us are pressured to continue going. I actually heard something yesterday about a, a, a journalist and he moved to Canada when he was 10 years old and he said everyone played hockey in Canada, ice hockey. And he was yeah. the only kid who didn't play ice hockey. And it gave him such an advantage, he said. That's how he viewed it. Because everyone else's afternoons were always taken up by hockey. But he could do whatever mm -hmm. he wanted. So he loved reading. So 
Does that ring a bell for you, Tim? Why did you look left when everyone looked right? It does ring a bell, and uh, I, I think the answer um, needs to be on, on, on multiple levels. It's not the one thing that I could uh, pinpoint. Um, I think I've always had a lot of interests, maybe like the guy from Canada. And, um, and I think just like talking to you and thinking about it in, in real time, another thing that might uh, be really important is whether or not you chose the profession like the, the right one in the first place, right. you know? Maybe there's a lot of people um, who are 100% at the right place and they will never have these doubts and, and thoughts and second thoughts. Um, and they just like deal with it. And it's part of, of the profession, not job, um, to, to, to have to struggle and to juggle with the hot potatoes. Um, but if there was more in the very beginning to choose from, or, yeah, I'm now struggling for the English word um, because I'm German. I guess everybody <laughs> will have figured it out after my second word, maybe. Um, yeah, that might have also been a reason that uh, there's more than one interest in my life. And then, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about this too a lot. Something like, uh, and we talked about it briefly, you know, I've worked for many companies doing my media stuff, filming, but I find real value in what I'm doing now because it's all of that plus something else. And I think it's mm -hmm. that something else is a little bit of control and a little bit of, um, I think what I really like is when I'm working with someone and they're nervous, even in this conversation, my job is to try and make you not feel like you're being recorded. And mm -hmm. when I'm successful at that, job, by the way. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a trick. It's a trick in some ways, you know, because I'm trying to also remember that we are being recorded and to make something interesting. However, there's something in that puzzle that I really enjoy. And mm -hmm. maybe there's something where if you think about your medical training, you get all of that too, because you are using those skills, but in a unique way. You know, I think especially when you're talking about living in Antarctica and, you know, there's kind of limits to how much help you have. So you're a mm -hmm. bit like MacGyver in some ways, you know, you mm -hmm. have to, in my mind, use what you've got. And there must be something very... Uh, I don't know, meaningful, maybe meaningful is the right word. Do you mean in, in, in going to Antarctica? Yeah. And, and, and leaving the safe job that everyone still says is the best way to make you happy in life. Ah, there's so much about leaving the safe place that is worthwhile. You okay, know, but but we should, <laughs> I just interrupt because yeah. We should we should really talk about that because I feel like it's yeah. so hard to do. Uh, do you remember the feelings you had when you were deciding to leave? Were they happy? Oh, were yes. they anxious? Yeah. Yeah. 
they've been like an avalanche, you know, like so many or like if, if you go surfing and you get washed by the wave and it tumbles you around, it's like so many uh, at an, at one single instance. Um, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of fear involved in that and um, a lot of being anxious and the unknown is always like has a double function in my mind. It's It's like a thing you you want to experience and you desire and at the same moment it's something that because it is unknown you're maybe a little bit afraid of and and maybe being afraid is what makes it attractive mm. yeah. and because it it is like maybe the only opportunity to really grow and that might be something that you know um is a thing that I think people should strive for in life to grow in a meaningful way. <laughs> I mean, you can grow in different ways, <laughs> but um, I think that is something that makes you happy. Yeah. And somebody once told me, like, um, the, the I, I can't translate it properly, but so you will have to do with my bad translation. But in order to be happy, you need to be free, and in order to be free, you need to have courage. That's good enough. That's a. Gr <laughs> Let's make a T-shirt out of that. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe there's. And unfortunately, it was not me to come up with it, but um, I've been told that, and I've been chewing on that um, now for years, um, because it really emphasizes how important it is to be free. And I think that this is a very strong motivation in my life or has always been to be free to choose. And I'm really blessed, you know, and I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful for being able to choose. And, you know, in our first conversation, we talked about that. I am very aware of the fact that we are really privileged. Mm. I mean, this is all... Um, people talking that have all the opportunities in life. No, I'm sorry. That's our That's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's the dog getting the mail. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Amy. Amy. It's good. Okay. Um, so, so I, I'm, because I'm always very careful. Um, anyway with statements like these you know I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that there are a lot of people yes so that's okay second, uh, I, i'm i'm really aware of the fact that there's a lot of people that don't have um these um opportunities and possibilities in their life and i don't want to tell them ah, come on uh, you you have to be uh, more correct courageous yes, yes, um, yes. because that is not the problem but with people like me um it's all it takes is a little courage yeah yeah look and that can I, make you really happy absolutely yeah. and just to your point i also share the anxiety about how can i sit on the podcast and talk about all of this hypothetical when some people have the reality but i talked actually to a psychologist about this uh, a guest on the podcast a friend of mine and he said, no, that's the wrong, sometimes it's the wrong way because you're not punching down. You're just acknowledging 
Uh, and, and there are unique things about, let's say, our Western privileges that me and you have. They also come with a lot of anxiety if you look at the suicide statistics. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens where we're talking about this thing about um, this anxiety you feel of taking the so-called not um, safe path. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people in our parts of the world suffer from this. And that's I just don't hear a lot of people, Tim, talking about it. They talk about ways to um, maybe suppress that anxiety or go to the mm-hmm. sauna or do breathing. But I think what you're talking about and I'm talking about is going back a little bit and saying what are, what are the questions we should be asking ourselves about what we're here to do or, you know, yeah. what... And it's really hard to talk about it in a non-religious context and because I don't know what that means, religion. I don't subscribe yeah. to any religion, but I feel like it's true when someone says everyone is blessed with a spark and it's your job to find it and grow that spark. Yeah, I, I would totally uh, second that statement. I think this is, it's true. And you know, talking about be, uh, being anxious and, and all the anxiety stuff, and um, I think it's a, a healthy way to deal with that is um, trying really to, to think about it, as, like you said, yeah, to step back and say, what is it really that makes me anxious? And if you're not reflected, it is just a symptomatic treatment, yeah. you know. It's it's like just like dealing with the symptoms, which also in medicine um, is is a way to help, but not a real cure. Right. Like the real cure would be um, to go to the root of the problem. And I I not say that it's a problem per se to be anxious. It's not at all. It's a human reaction, Mm. which is very necessary. Yes. And it it keeps you from bad decisions. Yes. I think this is in in biology or psychology, this is the meaning of being anxious and being afraid. And it's not it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. It is um, a thing that can help you grow. Because yeah. once you start reflecting, what is it that keeps me from doing it? Um, is it social pressure? You know, is it um, uh, maybe I want to earn more money or stuff like that? Um, maybe I have a prestige thing going on. Um, this is all the wrong motivation. Yes. Because this will kill the spark that you've Absolutely. been talking about. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. And. I feel like onto that point, anxiety is a tool that is telling you something's not right, but it only mm-hmm. tells you to f- that you need to move or find a different scenario. And I like to think about it like if you don't, then it stays with you and it starts to infect you a little bit like a trauma or a post-traumatic stress because you it's the more you try and ignore it, the more it saying something's not right uh, please find a different it's like a survival mechanism yeah it is like you know in germany we have the freibad which is like uh, the the open air swimming yeah. pool where yeah. you go to in summertime and then you have the are you guys metric system uh, or period what's that meters and centimeters yeah. yeah everybody will know we have the 10 meters um diving platform and if you're a kid you go there and like all or most 
same kids are really afraid to jump down there. And there's for a good reason, because the human body was not constructed to, to hit water <laughs> with a high velocity, you know, um, and it really can hurt. But still, it, it is something that you want to do and everybody wants to do. And, and um, this is in a small scale, I think, something that you can strive for mm. in a meaningful way later on in life you know yes. you got for example you asked me before have you been anxious doing this decision leaving your safe job going to antarctica yeah for sure because i had all those thoughts you know what happens what's next it's only like a, a contract with the german polar institute for two years and after that okay what's up um you you have to figure that out as well and i do remember quite vividly it was like walking up to the 10 meter platform you know where you're all like ooh, ooh, ooh. um i i want to do it i want to do it but i don't want to do it but then you start to to reflect and, and rationalize as well and then you you listen to your emotions as well because if it's only your head there's not a real good reason to jump you know right right whereas there's a real good reason to go to antarctica Maybe this is where the, my comparison is not really good. <laughs> but then, you know, the very moment you jump, you free yourself in a way. It is like setting yourself free. And it's um, self-empowerment, which also in psychology is a very powerful tool. You know, that's what you, you, you try to help people um, to, to self-empowerment. To, to give them um, like control over their life and, and not to feel in, in certain ways without going into detail, you know. But the moment you, you decide to jump, you take all the control over your life. And then, funny enough, normally in our society um, and with the things we are talking about, nothing will happen. That is um, nothing bad will happen, you know. I'm not talking about jumping out of a plane without a parachute and, and maybe you will make it to the net um, and then you will survive. That would be interesting, but not to my liking, you know. But if you're jumping from the 10 meter into water, nothing really will happen. Maybe Maybe it will hurt for a moment, but then... And if you decide to leave your job, go to Antarctica, nothing will happen. Mm. But it gives you a feeling of control and a meaningful perspective yes. on future. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and I think what I like about it, Tim, is uh, I don't really know what I mean by the word fear because it gets used so much. But that sounds fear to me. You know, like I think about things that people can do that they can have a little bit of influence over like for example a dog for example you can mm -hmm. be a good dog owner by doing some simple things and mm -hmm. actually i'm a dog owner and i'm i say to myself i have some work to do because i get very frustrated with my dog you know mm -hmm. i get very frustrated with the kids because they don't pick up the dog poo and mm -hmm. it's a i think it's a mirror onto me to say you've got to work on accepting this creature as a part of the family you know it's mm -hmm. not just a pain 
So it's a work on for me. But then I think about parenting. You know, we're all shapes and sizes, colors in the world. But really the job is love that child. And that's mm-hmm. quite fair, even though it's really mm-hmm. hard to do. So when you talk about taking that leap, I think that's fair because anyone can kind of do it. You know, like I know, yeah, yeah. I know it's yeah. hard, but anyone yeah. can kind of say, I'm going to, I'm going to work out my plan to take the leap. You yeah. know? But I've been asked so many times, what was the hardest thing? Um, about overwintering in Antarctica mm. and people always expect yeah, it's, it's very like um, remote and isolated and very harsh conditions and small group of people and stuff like that never been a problem N- not a single of these things has ever been a problem the hardest thing was to take the first step yeah. and that is what I tell people you know That's what is hard to take the first step. Ever since taking the first step, it's it's just been uh, a blast. And you know, yes, in Germany we say it's like the calendar sayings. Do you know that? Well, like it's just very like everybody knows it. It's <laughs> what your grandparents used to tell you. <laughs> But um, some of them hold a lot of truth. You know, and and I guess everybody knows, like, even the longest journey starts with a single step. And this is really true. Um, You need to start the journey. And that is what takes a lot of effort to to get it going, to get the impulse, um, to overcome your laziness and and your saturation and your, your being... Um, so accommodated and, and you like your sofa and you like your supermarket and you like um, like the, the, all the, the consume that, that surrounds us and being able to to stop that and, and being out there again is, is what takes a lot of effort but if you overcome that then it's it's really getting easy yes and I think you raised an important point There must have been weeks or months or years of you doing surgeries and thinking about this. Come on, man, what am I doing? Or, you know, what's next? What's the next opportunity? Mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate? You, like, it's not one day you made a decision. It's no, no, no. an aggregate and of it, decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is like, um, I think it takes a lot of people a long time because they are afraid and they They want safety. You know, they're like Tarzan, leaving the one, what's the name, Liane? Like only in the, in, in the moment where, where he can grab the next one, you know, because you don't want to float in the air not knowing what will happen next. Yes. This is what makes you um, yeah, you're really afraid. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Don't be. Um, I like the, the, cool, the cool thing yeah. is that... This might be the only audio recording of your dog for the future. So that might be very true. (laughs) So um, that might has been uh, have been a reason for me why it took quite a long time. You know, because you've been always like thinking about what could be Plan B. Yes. Yes. Well, well, and the trouble with that is that 
how long, you know, I didn't think about it like Tarzan. I thought about it like a plane taking off. How much mm-hmm. runway do you need? And mm-hmm. I always think it's a never-ending runway. You're going to say, oh, two more meters, and then I will do it. One more meter, and then I will do it. But actually, if you think about it too long, your runway's too long, and you could have taken off a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that this is where, where courage comes uh, into the equation again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you, you just need to be more courageous. And that's yeah. what I always tell people. I mean, I, I'm not advocating stupid decisions. You know, I, yeah. I'd never tell them, you know, do whatever, who cares, you know? <laughs> that would be just plain stupid. But if there is something that, that really is, is, is your spark or might be your spark, because right. I think this is one of the hardest things in life is to figure out what is yours, mm. you know? And, and then there might also be more than one spark, and then the spark might change over the years as mm. well. And this is something I think um, that if you at least reflected on that, it kind of helps. Yes. You do not have to follow every idea, but if you, if you are familiar with your ideas, then you can deal with the feeling. Hmm. Could you talk to anyone about that trying to work out your spark? Like, was there, is it something you could talk to friends or family? Because, I mean, I'm still trying to get my spark lit properly, but I do know I've told myself it's my business to find out that. And that's probably because I'm the youngest child and I Mm -hmm. always had someone in front of me to Mm -hmm. ask or to cut a pathway and i thought to myself no no it's partly to do with my age being 40 41 Mm -hmm. and i thought no this is what a man a growing up person would do they would take it on their shoulders it's not everything it's just saying how am i going to earn my money and i'm Mm -hmm. i I made a promise i wouldn't talk to someone and if it gets too hard i'll just go back to work Uh, yeah, um, to answer your question, yeah, for sure, I I, um, I can talk to people about it. And, and yeah, I did talk to people about it. I did talk lots and lots of times. Um, the question is only, does it help, mm. you know? And I can't answer the question. In a way, I'd say um, it's it's right what, what you're doing. Because nobody can answer this question for you. It's, it's too personal, you know. It's, it's, um, it's like the core, maybe, of what makes you um, in terms of not being a decent and nice human being, but in terms of your aspirations, what drives you and whatnot. And it's very hard to, to have other people judge that for yes. you. You, yes. you need to figure that out yourself. With that being said, I would not necessarily believe that it's a bad thing to talk to others because they might give you hints and ideas. Mm. You just need to um, keep in mind that at the end of the day, it's, it can only be you yes. um, to, to make the final decision. And in addition to that, I'd say all the thinking that I did led to 
very little results. It's the doing that matters. You know, it's the doing and it's the trying. And that's where I come back to being a little bit courageous because, you know, you can sit uh, at your desk at home and you think about, mm, I could do this, I could do that. And you will never know, you will never know how it would feel, how it would make you feel, if, if it would make you happy, if it would work out, if it's worthwhile. And once you give it a try, you will really know yeah i uh, it's it's so funny that we're having this conversation because it's not the one i thought i would have with you mm -hmm. when i looked at the work you do it was very much around antarctica and actually this the clip i saw on you was from isolation and i thought that mm -hmm. was a really interesting chat because you had talked about that the easy bit was actually being away the hard bit was reintegrating into yeah. society and the busyness and i think it, yeah. it it's actually part of our chat too because what i think is maybe really cool is you get to have both tim right you get to have the the actually the way i'll describe it as i heard it yesterday it's like we're we're outsiders on the inside you know what i mean we can mm -hmm. dip in and out as we choose to and maybe that's part of the attraction about what we call control over what we're doing is that you get mm -hmm. to choose when you're in and when you're out, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Because this is like um, being, I'm, I'm looking for a word in English, independent, mm. you know? It's, it's your choice to participate or not. But participation also in a setting like Antarctica overwintering is is crucial you know you can only not participate to a certain degree because overwintering for example is is team sport it's you there it's nothing like only me and and i don't need anybody you do need everybody at the station mm. this is very important but still you, it's your choice and and uh, the people that i met um have always been very respectful and and very well, you know, prepared and educated mm. in terms of knowing how important it is to give the others leeway, you know, and if they want to be on their own, for example, to allow that. Yeah. 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 Um, can you paint a picture a little bit about Antarctica and how it all works? Because from what I understand, from what you've told me, is that, I mean, is the, is the basis of being there for research and yeah. for, and, and that to, to make that happen, because it's so isolated, you need to have a good team around you. Yeah. And that includes doctor and, you know, I guess yeah. someone to cook. And is that about yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Arctic has not populated. Um, has never been other than by scientists and overwinterers. Um, there's around 40 overwintering stations. The continent is is bigger than Australia. So, yeah, that's not a lot of people. Um, during wintertime, it's around 2,000 persons living there. Um, in the summer, it's, it's more. There's also summer stations. And there's an Antarctic Treaty and uh, 
which is a beautiful thing because it's the longest running treaty to my knowledge after uh, the World War II um, uh, that has been like done by uh, all the nations. And in the treaty, it's stated that Antarctica is only for peaceful and scientific research and, and there, it's not to be exploited and it's not to be used as a military station or whatever, to my understanding, at least. Mm. Um, so what we do there is only for science and, and we have ongoing observatories um, since now 41 years, I think, at the German station. There's older stations and other nations um, and doing research there. Uh, and we do, for example, geophysics, meteorology, I can't even say it in German, meteorology, <laughs> um, atmospheric uh, physics, um, <clears throat> sea ice physics, but also um, medical studies, for example. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, um, you have normally nine overwinterers, which is um, technician, IT, electrician, um, chef, a doctor, as a chef in, in, in cooking, a doctor uh, and scientists. Mm. And, and the German Institute is looking every year for a new team. And, and we, I, I do the job interviews and I get to know the people, which cool. is a real cool thing about my job, for example. And then we have a four month preparation phase here in Bremerhaven in Germany, which is, is so cool, <laughs> like when I did it, coming from the hospital, that you go to the mountain, you learn how to, to rescue people from crevasses, you, wow. you do a, a bivouac on the mountain, um, repelling and whatnot, you learn how to fight fire, because there's obviously no firefighters in Antarctica other than you, so you really learn how to fight fires, not not your typical like job situation here's the the extinguisher but you you get the the um mask and, yeah. and um air tank and and stuff and and you learn so many other things that is totally interesting and and very like cool yeah to man. be able to, to 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 do that and then you go to antarctica and then there's summer season where during which like the Australian summer, <clears throat> where the station is, let's say, easily, quote unquote, um, accessible. Um, and there, that's a season where you have more people at the station to do more science projects, um, to do revision and, and work on the station. And then during the winter month, which is nine months in total at our station, um, everybody leaves but the overwinterers. And then you will be on your own. Wow. Um, one thing that I've kind of realized we're talking about is a lot of the transition you've made is turning the hypothetical into something real. You know, like mm -hmm. we talked about courage. You actually have to have a bit of courage to go to Antarctica, right? Because you got to learn it, it, it all of these things. <laughs> well, and also, yeah. you use the word putting out fires. We use it metaphorically in society. Yeah. We say, oh, I'm going to yeah. put out fires. But when you actually have to know how to put out a fire, 
Yeah. That's cool. It makes probably makes you feel like, you know, a bit of a we're human. We actually are doing animal as opposed yeah, yeah. to what we are now, which is this internet it, connection. It, you know, one of the things I really like about overwintering or about the, 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 the profession I'm in now is it widens your horizon and, and it gives you insight in so many different things. Um, and a lot of them are really cool, which helps on top, you know, <laughs> like firefighting and mountaineering and stuff. But still, I mean, there's also chainsaws, yeah. which are quite good and uh, ski doos and stuff. But I mean, now without uh, joking around, it's it's also the the very reason. Um, for us being there yes. is the science. And I mean, it's, it's taxpayers money and I'm really aware of that as well. Um, so it's not for my pleasure or, or yeah. overwinter's pleasure, but still it's, it's totally interesting. But the science is very, very important because the, all the data that the people collect will go into international um, networks yes. that help to predict the weather, for example, that um, help to predict earthquakes, early warning systems, stuff like that. Um, the ozone hole has been detected in Antarctica by overwintering people, not from the Germans, but mm. um, in Antarctica, stuff like that. Um, we're talking about climate change, this is so relevant and the data is so valuable and precious because in Germany, for example, you will have hundreds and even more, maybe thousands of meteorological stations that will start the weather balloon every day, you know? So if you have one or more or less of these stations, I mean, it would be a pity, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. In Antarctica, as I told you, you have 40 overwintering stations. So this is like the, the, the net is very, very widely lit. Is yep. that English? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so if there's one less station, that really matters, mm. you know? So, so I am totally convinced in uh, the importance and, and the value of what we are doing there. And, and this is something that, I mean, being a doctor is also very rewarding and it gives you a lot of, you know, feeling it's important what I'm doing, so I'm not wasting my life. But still going to Antarctica is also very, very rewarding because, you know, I, I am, yeah, helping and I do contribute in research that is very important yeah yeah um i guess tim i've thought about a lot of things as we've talked and i thought even about a lot of things when we talked the other day too and it's just really cool to take that time to explore with someone um mm -hmm. our life stories so i think it's cool that you said yes to my email because you know like i told you i was you type into google interesting people in germany and it's thousands of <laughs> random things and you know i just go and keep looking and look on facebook and and finally something popped up and 
that's step one then step two is i have to send you a kind of spam like email and hope that you don't think it's spam you know because mm -hmm. probably 90 percent of emails today coming from strangers are spam and so mm -hmm. i think there's something cool that we got through all those firewalls to to have our chat um yeah i i, I did have a couple other questions around uh i guess part of the beauty of that part of the world and antarctica that it probably can be really calm and then it also can be very you know wow full on are mm -hmm. you able to go outside and have a look and explore or do you primarily oh, yeah. have to stay inside no no um you're totally able to go outside um people always have this um i think picture of antarctica as being only minus 80 degrees and a uh, severe storm, which is sometimes true, but not all the time. During summer season, for example, and I have to say that the German station, for example, is 2,000 kilometers from the South Pole. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not at the South Pole. I mean, it's I can't even count the times that I've been asked, how is it at the South Pole? And I told people, I'm really not at um, so the weather can be everything between minus one degree in summertime where you can go outside just wearing a t-shirt and, and you have polar day and the sun is like 24 seven. Uh, and if there's no wind, you can sit outside in a t-shirt like you would if you go skiing and there's a nice and sunny day all the way to minus 50 degree at Neumann station and, and really, really heavy storms. Mm. And then you won't go outside. And can yeah. you feel it? Can you feel it? Yeah. The, the, the station will shake in, in the storm. The Neumann station is on hydraulic pillars. Mm -hmm. um, it's, very unique because you have um, a snow accumulation of about a meter, a meter and a half a year. And it's Neumeyer 3 station. The first two have been under the ice, like a submarine, um, metal tubes buried in the ice. Um, but the snow accumulation make them sink every year and after 10 years it's 15 meters down and the pressure is quite high on on the station on the tube and it gets harder and harder to reach the station so with uh, the third station they put it on hydraulic pillars and you can raise the station uh, which is quite spectacular so we we do not sink in it but staying on these pillars allows the station to shake a tiny little bit and if there's a very strong storm then the glasses in in the cupboards will start to rattle and uh, but it's like on a ship it's very cozy and comfortable <laughs> and i actually did like it yeah. if there's a storm and then everybody gathers around and uh, it's very yeah what's it like for relationships i mean is it are you able to skype you know your partner or yeah. yeah is it tough um well i've been in in the lucky place that i found my partner during the overwintering and we 
we we live happily together ever since and and have a baby now <laughs> so this was uh, perfect to to share it with somebody you you love you know um but also for for all my other teammates um it was um it's very easy to stay in touch because we have internet you have um, the messengers going on i mean obviously you you have no cell phone reception um but you can use it via the internet um you can write emails you can send pictures and whatnot um i think that but it, with all the modern technology possibilities it's actually maybe harder because once you try to live in both worlds simultaneously that is really wearing you out you know it, it seems to be easier if you have kind of a cut and say okay my life is here and this is where i put all my my thinking and energy in and then the contact to your people at home is a little bit on a lower level yes yeah. like for example my family i obviously did contact them we had phone calls conversations and sent pictures and stuff but i could have done way more and i did reflect on that why how comes you're not like constantly calling them but it tears you apart <clears throat> you know you can only live in one place yes well um, i think there's a little bit of genius too in the puzzle which is if you going back to the spark idea if you truly be brave and make that spark beautiful things will come from that including you might just find the love of your life while you pursue your passion and i think life can be that beautiful because it has to be because we always hear the opposite to that the cruelty mm -hmm. the the negative the you know the I don't know, think about even what's happening with the climate and maybe I'm not sure how much you can really talk about that, but I've been in Germany now for a few weeks and it's been really hot. I've been, I have one mm -hmm. English channel, which is CNN. <laughs> so yeah. I, I watch that and they're talking about in England, it's the first time it's been 40 degrees. And yeah. I mean, can you, as a person, do you have some, um, is it hard to not see the data and to interpret and to get this feeling that we're all just heading off a cliff? Yeah, um, I think we as a species are obviously really good into in in ignoring <laughs> the fact. You know, it starts on a very uh, tiny scale. For example, I mean. I know that I should sometimes not eat another ice cream, but still I'm doing it. You know, you, you know, for example, um, well, I, I don't smoke, but you know, the people that do, they really, all of them know that it's very bad for your health yeah. to do so. Still you're smoking. Yeah. Um, there has been those experiments with, with toddlers. Um, and it's about, instant gratification yeah. i think that's the translation you know where you offer them a treat or you offer them like two treats if they can withhold 
for a certain amount of time. And it's really hard for them to do so. And I think this is for adults the same. <clears throat> you want to get gratification now. And, and you know that, you know, polluting um, the atmosphere is really bad. But still, you want to go to your holiday now and you want to drive the car and you don't want to take the bike and, and stuff, you know. So I think it's that's human nature. But does it make me anxious? Yes, it does. It really. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. out of millions of people on the earth, well, yeah. billions, yeah. You, act you actually are contributing to the data that will tell us how far yeah. we have to go. So that's why I think it must be an extra hard challenge. And, you know, the thing is, okay, it's getting hot here. Um, like billions of people would say, oh, you poor Germans, you know, it's getting hot. No, what you have, 38 degrees, oh, I'm going to sing a song for you because um, you know what I mean, huh? And the, the real problem is with the people that they are actually losing their homes. Like a, a, a real high percentage of the world's population does live in coastal areas, yeah. which makes a lot of sense because they have um, yeah, access to, to transportation and stuff. And if, if the water will rise and will, a lot of those people will lose their homes. And this is a real problem. I mean, if it's here 36 or 38 degrees, obviously I, I don't like it as much as I like the cold. But this is not a real problem. The real problem is if billions of people lose their homes. That's right. And this is, this is really sad. Yeah, and it feels like there's something unpredictable about the changes happening, but I don't know. I, I don't know how to read the science. I, I can read the headlines, but mm -hmm. that is how it feels even in my homeland, New Zealand, is seems to be more flooding, more very mm -hmm. violent storms, you know, mm -hmm. but that could just be patterns and I don't know, but, you know, we think in terms of stories and the story it feels like is that yeah. one day it's yeah. calm, the next day ferocious. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm only... Uh, doctor and, and I'm not a climate scientist and that there are so many real good highly educated specialists at my institution and if they would hear me talk about climate change they would say like come on <laughs> don't do it uh, it's like a blind guy talking about color but still you know um, I am aware of, of the difference between climate and the weather for example and i think that's what what you've been talking about like is it patterns is it like the great scheme but one thing is is totally out of the question there is climate change I and mean, this is like it's it's a total no-brainer don't even have to discuss it there is climate change period um like to what extent there might be different models um what does it mean? How fast will it come? Um, who knows? But I think the answer is um, it will come way too soon and it's happening way too fast. Mm. I think this is something that everybody should agree on mm. um, because that's the truth. That's what's happening. Yeah, uh, I think this is probably not a good example because 
but I'll say it anyway. I th- I listened to a podcast about aliens, right? And they said it's the same thing that mm-hmm. because they travel at light speed, you will only s- see them in the mm-hmm. end. And so, mm-hmm. in fact, it was a three-hour conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just picking out that little bit. But there is something about humans where we think we will be, you know, I'm not sure what we think, but like you said, it's happening probably quicker than we like, and like we're very good at at ignoring, so Mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing. Um, Final question is, from all your experiences and travels and doing interesting things, do you have one moment, and this is a metaphor I use, that blew your mind, that helped you see the world in a different way? Do you have a moment to share that really expanded your thinking? Yeah, you know, I've seen so many beautiful places um, um, and, and I consider myself really being blessed with having had this opportunity. But I would say it's more the people than the places. You know, I, I could talk for hours on end um, about Patagonia or Antarctica or Scandinavia or blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think getting to know people like during and overwintering, being together with people that love what they're doing and, and you talked about love previously. Um, and we hadn't had a chance to, to go deeper into this because this is like what's it about, you know? Um, that is like the experience that traveling gave me that might be like the, the, the blowing your mind moment. If you have a chance to surround yourself with people who really love what they are doing or in the place where they want to be, not by chance, but because they really want to be in this very place, who are happy with what they're doing, um, then you surround yourself with love in a way. And this is something that I experience way more often during traveling than in any other circumstances. That's awesome, Tim. That's an awesome place to end. I want to thank you. And can I just ask if people are interested to follow your journey or to follow the work you do, what's the best place they can have a look online at some of the things you do? Well, I guess um, as I, I'm my online presence is, is <laughs> nil, more or less. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, it might be uh, Googling my name or uh, having a look at the the German Polar Institute's website, which is available in English as well, it's called Alfred Wegener Institute, and it's quite a well-made and nice website. Um, uh, yeah, there you can find me. Awesome. Well, want to thank you again, Tim. Um, hopefully, it's one of many podcasts we can have over the journey of life. You know, if you ever come to New Zealand, and let's do it again, or. Who knows, maybe one day we can do a podcast in Antarctica or, or you know, dream big. Yeah. And who, maybe yeah. something happens, but you have to put it out there. But I want to thank you, my friend, for taking time and um, look forward to catching up next time. Thank you. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Holding my head again.
Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Broke my heart in the dark I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the mess Just down on my knees Thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes you're stronger alone Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one, oh Carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down 11, I get up 12 Don't need nobody else Yeah, I can save myself Got burned, but I learned Our scars make us who we are Now I'm 10 feet tall over my demons Remind me no one's got me like myself yeah, I love me without any help I'm the best thing to believe in So I'm bringing out the fight, yeah Bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one, oh Carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down a As heavy as a season And the sun is always right behind the storm 